Welcome into Primetime Titans. We are excited to be here for our third episode. We get into uh, a little NFL scheduling here after we start off the pod with uh, some superlatives and some t- statistics for our fans and audience out there. We also talk about a little draft primer um, and just have a good time talking about some guys who left the team in uh, free agency uh, that have uh, since since we last recorded and as well have joined the team since we, uh, since we last recorded. So um, hope you guys enjoy and without further ado, Mr. Elvis Presley. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around a bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on All right, here we go. Episode number three, Primetime Titans. PTT coming at you. This is JG. This is Pettit. This is Rob. And uh, we're really excited to get on to episode three. I think Pettit actually has a little stat for us. Yeah, so we learned the other day that 26% of all podcasts do not make it past the first episode. So we're celebrating today because this is technically episode three and a half because we tried recording this earlier and failed and we had some audio problems. And we were almost a statistic. Let, yeah, <laughs> let's just say we get it that it's only 26% of people that get through the first episode. Not because we don't love our time with you out there in the audience. Oh, if anyone's going to question that, surely... That will be addressed because let me tell you, we are absolutely loving this. Uh, little technical difficulties here and there, they're not going to stop us. We need you a new know. audio guy, is what we've determined. Anybody, anybody know an audio guy? Yours truly, yours truly is the audio guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, and or girl, we don't we don't discriminate with audio <laughs> in this podcast. Here at PTT, we don't discriminate, and, and just like we don't discriminate it. with our national sports teams. That's exactly right. That's wonderful transition because we have something to tell y'all we actually are a brother podcast a family podcast some might even say a cousin a, podcast oh, oh wow a cousin podcast that's literal with, uh the grizzden podcast which is a podcast on the grizzlies let me see how many times i can say podcast in one sentence um but that's why i like to shorten it to pod there you go a Grizz Den pod, and they're awesome. Just straight to the point. They're incredible. They actually did a they did an episode on the trade deadline for the NBA, and they released it that day. They recorded it that day, got it out right there for you for your for your listening pleasure, and they're great. So we're really excited. Really uh, sparked my. Uh, increased interest in the NBA and especially the Grizzlies. They're a really hot, fun team to watch right now with John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. There's a lot of a lot of positive momentum. So go, uh, you know, go give them a listen if you're wanting to learn more about the Grizzlies and the NBA, and uh, you know, wet your whistle in that category. And I mean, you never know if we're gonna branch out. Predators, Nashville Sounds. Nashville FC, Nashville SC, SC. Yeah, <laughs> we always screw that one up. Easy, um, but yeah. So sounds have a big following. But let me just tell you, for now, this is not a Nashville Sounds. Podcast. No, it's not. 
This is not the National Sounds podcast. It can be. I don't know anything about baseball, much less minor league baseball. You don't want to listen to me talk about the sounds. <laughs> and that's why this is not a National Sounds podcast. We're focusing on the Titans. So um, with that being said, I believe Pettit has some superlatives for us. Yeah. So as you can tell, the last few episodes, we've been doing superlatives, you know, some fun questions. Um, this one, I think we're going the route of a little bit more fun. So first question is, if which Titan do you think would win the Hunger Games if they were in it? Mm. Can we choose players who were cut in this past offseason? Do they have to be active players? Uh, yes, you can include recently cut players. Hmm, okay. I think I would have to go with Adore Jackson because I don't think his – I think his elusiveness, his escapability – out there in the cornucopia, I think he would be the first one to get, because he's so fast, he'd be the first one to get whatever Fair. weapon yeah. he needs. And then I've always thought about, he's a pretty smart guy. You know, he's a smart player, um, really kind. He'd probably make some alliances really Ooh, quickly. I could see that. A lot, of sure. the, uh, a lot of the sponsors back in the Capitol would really like him because of his vibrant personality. He'd Wonderful some, point. Right he'd, <laughs> he'd, get some, he'd get some healing ointments. Uh, you know, when he gets hurt. And, uh, yeah, I could see him being having crowd a... Crowd pleaser. I, yeah, crowd pleaser. I could see him having a hidden talent, like uh, like being able to paint himself into the side of a of the, of the wow. creek, oh. like PETA does. Big, big painters. Adore Jackson. Yeah, could be. I'm not Here's saying the he thing. is. I'm not saying he isn't. I'm just saying I could see him being a Renaissance man and having... Uh, some, some, some talents that really take him the distance there. But here's a question, though. Is he going to be worth a darn if the guy can't even do anything because his knee has a problem? Because we personally know that that definitely could be something. I'm, I'm expecting it was for us. if he's in the Hunger Games and he's in uh, you know the, the Pan Am capital city where they, they have everything that you could possibly need, they could probably get him a knee transplant. He would be... <laughs> He'd be better than, than he was before. That's a good point. Oh, man. That's a great point. Uh, I got Jay, all kinds of rebuttals, man. I'm going to stick to point. it on my Adore wins the Hunger That's Games. That's true. I, I tried to question you, <laughs> and you were right there taking the fire. And for me, I'm going with Ben Jones. Kind of the same thing as Adore Jackson with the crowd pleaser. Oh, okay. Very much not the same thing as fast <laughs> He honestly, he would be able to convince someone to go get the weapons for him, yep. and they might even die in the process. And he's like, "Well, great, there's one less person." So he's a heady, a heady guy. He's a thinker. If he's ever going to have to go barefoot in the arena, you know he can do that. He does it in any kind of weather condition, as we've addressed before. This guy, he's got, you know, I know he's got a little weight to him. He's a lineman. That's fine. But maybe is, that might maybe, not be a problem. Yeah, he could he could uh, survive. Long, long periods of time without food. You never know if he could just randomly scale trees really well. You don't know that. That's true. We don't know that. That'd be fun to watch. Yes. Pettit, who's your guy? That's a great question. Um, on our first episode when we recorded this, I said someone else, and I'm actually going to I'm gonna change it, which I guess you guys don't even know who I changed it from. So I'm going to leave it at this take. <laughs> Fact checker. <laughs> Dennis Kelly. Oh, wow. Dennis Kelly. Or actually, you know what? I'm changing it again now. Flip-flop, flip-flop. Morgan Cox. Morgan Cox. Morgan <laughs> Cox. We He's are a, a, a Morgan Cox apologist episode, the, the, or podcast, I should say. You can't question his loyalty to Morgan Cox. He's going he's gonna to get 
Pettit's going to have to end up getting a Morgan Cox jersey. I'm seeing if I'm I thinking can, he's going to. I'm seeing if I can mention him in every episode. Well, I got to find a way. Here we go. Shouldn't we got to find. Be, too hard. Why would he be a good Hunger Games? I'm actually not 100 percent sure. I don't know. Just much goes about in the him. middle he, of the arena and just he clearly slings plays. out long snaps of weapons. So everyone. he's he's from Collierville, he, Tennessee. Oh, so he is. Uh, you know, he's from Memphis. Uh, he went to ECS. He's got a nice red beard. Probably he looks like uh, he spent some time in the woods. So maybe I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now. He looks like maybe he could do well in the Hunger Games. He, could, he went know. to ECS. Yes, he did. Wow, that is good that. to know. I didn't know that either. Yeah, he maybe be you know throwing axes. This is our new long snapper for those who are uh, unaware of who Morgan Cox is. And if you want to hear about how we got him, check out episode two, the free agency deep dive. Which, if you're here before listening to episode two, we appreciate the diversity of listening to the episodes in yeah, a general order. order. Okay. I, we appreciate it. Right. Morgan Cox is also 34. You know, maybe uh, maybe he has a bad elbow in there somewhere from all those long snaps. So you got to take that into account. Older guy, older guy. <laughs> Surely there's, I mean, there's definitely question marks with each contestant, but all I'm saying is Ben Jones is beating out of Dory Jackson. And ben Morgan Jones Cox. is from Georgia. Yep, went to Georgia. So, uh, you know. Got yeah. that dog in him. That's right, that's right. He's going to bark at someone, probably all right, in the for arena. the next question, <laughs> you, guys, you guys are rambling here. For the next question here, which you guys might ramble on this one as well a little bit, but which Titan, if they were a superhero, what superhero would they be? Mm. I'm, I'm just gonna go. I'll, I'll go. I, I'm gonna go with the obvious. It's Derrick Henry as the Incredible Hulk. I mean, he I just watched some highlights of him doing some runs, and you'll see why he's the Incredible Hulk. He is a stud. Everyone knows that he's a beast. King Henry as Incredible Hulk. I am gonna go with a personal favorite, and uh, go with David Long Jr. as Ant Man. Uh, formerly known and played by the character Paul Rudd. Ant-Man is a, a short guy, but he dives at the knees. If he's going to go make a tackle, I feel like he would take out the legs. He'd come out and deliver a hard blow. David Long, he's short, powerful, dives at the legs. He had multiple tackles in the 2019 playoffs against the Ravens where he tackled Lamar Jackson around the ankles Diving at his legs. It's almost like Lamar Jackson didn't even see him. He was so small. That's right. That's right. So, uh, for those of you who do not know, I'm a big David Long guy. Um, maybe you should get a jersey. Maybe I should oh. get a jersey of David Long. You know, if he can, if he can supplant Rashawn Evans this year uh, at middle. Oh, linebacker. okay. So now you're saying David Long over Rashawn Evans. Well, and instead of not I know Jay you're going, Brown. yeah. Okay. Well, well, Rashawn still has a year on his contract. When I said, you know, Jayon didn't. He was a free agent, and we got him at a really team friendly deal. Fair. And so I'm, I'm willing to. Uh, I would take Jayon and David Long over Jayon and Rashawn Evans, and over Rashawn Evans and David Long. Those are my two favorite linebackers on the team: are David Long and Jayon Brown. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. No Jayon Brown slander. I am gonna go with Ryan Tannehill as. Get ready. Elastigirl. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Come on, tell me you don't oh see it a little gosh. bit. It's a little lanky. <laughs> he does his celebration, his arm just just goes and extends even farther. It's legendary, but it's it, you know, it's funny. <laughs> he does he does have a little bit of power in him though. Remember that tackle on uh Maurice Hurst on, in the, ra- the Raiders against the oh, Raiders gosh, where he yeah. just stuck the defensive tackle and planted him in the ground? That was a that was kind of a 
a, a pretty symbolic moment for Ryan Tannehill at the Titans. It was kind of like this guy, you know, he's a good quarterback. He's doing really well, but then tackles that guy, and you're like, okay. He did throw a pick. He though, is. He? He's not messing. He's around. here for the Titans. Yeah. Well, the last quarterback that we had who tried to hit people like that was Jake Locker, and he messed both of his shoulders up in a span of like six games, and, and he was never the same well, player. Got we, a lot of concussions. We as well. have so we don't since want, forgotten about him. We don't want our quarterbacks <laughs> delivering yeah. big blows out there against uh, three hundred thirty pound tackles. But I appreciate the effort, Elastigirl Tannehill. Yeah. Well, maybe he's durable, and that's why he's Elastigirl. Did you have any any more? Do you have one more? I got one more for you guys. Which Titan? Which Titan do you think sits down when they pee? Oh, easy. Taylor Lewan. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> that's it. All right. Robert yeah. in the last episode called Taylor Lewan a fake, fake tough, tough guy. guy. Fake tough guy. When we were talking about Bud Dupree and a story with the Steelers during the game. So I love Taylor Lewan. I love that he's on our team. I love the fire, but I think he's a lot of talk, and I don't think he would ever actually actually throw hands or get in a fight with anyone, which is fine. You know? We don't want that. He'd be ejected. Yeah. Well, That's so, right. Well, <laughs> he it, depends, it depends on who it's against. I would like to see a Robert Taylor Ruan battle. Oh, wow. Yeah, I wouldn't. He would probably destroy me. <laughs> but it'd be fun to watch. I'm going to go with, and we, we just mentioned him, Jayon Brown, because you know the man is comfortable in his own skin. He's able... He probably uses Dove. <laughs> he's, he's, going, <laughs> he's definitely going to sit down when he pees and not even worry about someone questioning him, Jay on Brown. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So that's kind of actually a backhand compliment there, what we're doing. What mm, we're maybe. Well. That's how you took it. Yeah, I guess that is. Well, I feel Jay like on Brown's you, you got to pick a the best. Uh, defensive guy, in my opinion. And I'm going Kevin Byard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Kevin Byard. I feel like, uh, I don't know, you could... Uh, I don't. I don't really want to dive in on the reasonings why I could see him sitting no, down. No, here you go. Here you go. I feel like that's a little. Jayon Brown knows that every time he's going to have to put the seat back down, so he has the smarts to just you know what I'm going to take that time away and just not worry about putting the seat down. So I'm going to sit down and pee, and cut off two more seconds of my life, or, or maybe, two more unneeded seconds. Maybe Kevin Byard is just you know he's being really thoughtful to his wife. Exactly. And, that's yeah. Yeah, and let me say this: I so he's a really thoughtful man. I personally enjoy sitting down when I pee every now and then. You get to look at your phone. You get to, to uh, be it could be a little relaxing. You know, I don't think it's the uh, I don't think it's quite the insult it once was. Yeah, it's twenty twenty one. That's right. So, um, with that, we are going to move into basically what has happened since we last met. Which honestly, it's been a bit. Well, and I, I kind of I've missed you guys. That's because uh, episode. This is episode three and a half. <laughs> that is true. Uh, like we mentioned before, technical difficulties that we are getting through. Um, We're fighting yes. through adversity, much like the uh, the Titans on the field. I'm not going to say it's the same, but I'm not going to say it's that much different. Well, I guess you could <laughs> say the content is like the powerful offense that we had last year, but you know the, the technical execution was like the, the defense. The difficult technical difficulties is like the defense. Basically, the last recording was the Bengals game where the offense just didn't show up, couldn't even see it. Um, which, actually, we, hope we it never kinda, happens again. <laughs> kind of came back a little bit, so maybe that's not a good analogy at all. So here we go. We're going to move on. What's happened since we last talked? First thing, the schedule actually changed. We, they added another game to the schedule, so 17 games now that we've played. 
we thought that was potentially coming. Uh, it finally was passed and it is official. And I will say with that, a couple things. There's one more game for Morgan Cox to showcase himself and get a Pro Bowl vote. And then also no more seven and nine seasons, which I mentioned Jeff Fisher being known for seven and nine seasons. Here's the deal. I understand where we are as the Titans and where we came from. And I understand that Jeff Fisher is a legend. So I was not trying to slander his name in the first episode. It was just me saying what I thought. So I went, I just, I had to address that, but yeah, no more seven to nine seasons, no more eight and eight seasons. The man had a legendary mustache too. He did. He did have a legendary mustache. Probably more, more, uh, more legendary than his, uh, records and his football teams <laughs> towards the end. I'm going to say but. one quick thing. I don't know if you guys saw Eddie George is the head coach of Tennessee yes. State. Yes. Brilliant move by Tennessee has State. Has a senior uh, coach or a senior assistant, which is Jeff Fisher. Oh. And then he hired as the OC Hugh Jackson. Yeah. Really? And actually, the defensive so, coordinator is Jeff Fisher's son. So I don't know what they're doing there, but who? Kind Brandon, of exciting. Brandon Fisher? I believe so, yes. Played at Montana. So that's what happened since we last talked. And yep. that's so, um, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, that's a little quick aside. That's a great hire by Tennessee State. I mean, that's looks like they're following the uh, Jackson State method where they hired Deion Sanders and they want to get a you know ex-NFL player. It's great that Eddie loves Tennessee and he loves the city of Nashville and the people of Nashville love him. And Obviously uh, with being a running back of the Titans for many years. Yeah, so I mean... Oilers. Probably... I, mean, I don't know that the Tennessee State could have made a better hire, to be yeah. honest with you. Great hire. But with the schedule, so the way it's set up is, I know I explained how the schedule works uh, in the first episode, but you play the team that had the same standing result in the opposite conference that you played two years prior. So who do so we play? With that, we play the Saints. We played the NFC South a couple years ago. That's the Falcons, Saints, Panthers, and Buccaneers. And they finished first last year. We finished first this year. Or last year, we both finished first. So we play the Saints. The Colts will play the Buccaneers because they both got second. The Texans will play the Falcons. No. Texans will play the Panthers. And the Jaguars will play the Falcons. So we probably got the best into that deal with Drew Brees retiring and obviously the Bucks really came on in the second half of the season, won yep. the Super Bowl. Um, you know, Panthers probably are going to be better second year two under Matt Rule. Uh, they are going to have Sam Darnold throwing the football, but um, I, I'll take our chances against the Saints there. Yep. So, yeah, so we will play the Saints, and it is at home this year. It switches off each year, so this year will be AFC home team, and the next year will be the NFC, NFC teams that are the home teams. And – Great to get another home game. We've not heard yet if the Titans are going to be 100% capacity in Nissan Stadium for the fall, but we do know multiple NFL teams have come out and said it, most notable being the Patriots, the owner's uh, son, I think John Jonathan Kraft, came out and said, uh, you know, it's, it's illogical at this point with so many people in our city vaccinated. Um, and her, herd immunity reached not to be at 100% capacity. So there may be some requirements where you have to have a vaccine or something to go to the games. Who knows? But we'll keep our, keep our eyes peeled for that one. Yeah. So that's exciting news with the extra game. Also, what has happened, a few more free agency 
signings and other people that were on the team that are with different teams. Um, we have uh, Josh Reynolds from the Rams, wide receiver. Matthias Farley, safety slash special teams guy. And then Olasun Kanmi Adani, also outside linebacker, special teams guy. John Garrett had to practice pronouncing that name a few times. It, I mean, if you saw the spelling, you would understand. It's tough. Um, I don't even want to try. The Matthias <laughs> Farley and the, uh, we'll call him Ola, right? Isn't that what the his I teammates so. called him in Pittsburgh? Um, I feel like the Titans are always looking for special teams aces. We got Brandon Trawick a couple years ago. Darren Bates is a backup linebacker who really is kind of just a special teams ace. Um, Nick DeZubnar from the Chargers last year. It seems like oh, every, every year <laughs> we go out and we find the best special teamer on the market and we pay a little bit more money, but, but that's because Vrabel seems, and J-Rob seem to really believe in the special teams. So those two guys I see as um, primarily contributors in special teams, but it's important to have those guys in your team to uh, to take special teams as seriously as they do. I mean, you look at the Patriots for years and years and years. They had the number the best special team in the NFL for like twelve years. Number um, I can't remember his last name, but he's number eighteen. I think Slater. Slater, yeah, yeah. that's him. And Bel- Belichick talked about how he uh, was the captain of the special teams and he took it so seriously, and that was what he focused on. And yeah, he was a backup receiver, but he never saw the field on offense. Um, and so it's just important to have those guys because you can't win if you are letting teams, you know, take the ball 30 yards down your, down the, down the field on kickoff returns. You gotta, the hidden yardage is really important, especially in the NFL. Um, so that's how I kind of see those two guys. Would y'all agree with that? I would. And real quick, Farley is from the Jets. Olasun Kanmi Adani is from the Steelers. And I said, Josh Reynolds from the Rams. Yeah, I would agree. And I think obviously the the bigger name signing is Josh Reynolds. I think after seeing all the details on it, I think I'm, I mean, I was excited about it originally, not like thrilled. I didn't know too much. He's kind of a guy from the Rams, kind of their third wide receiver who by the end of the season was almost their fourth with Jefferson taking over from him. But he's a big guy. He's Mm -hmm. 6'4". Basically, body-wise, almost an exact replacement of Corey Davis. Mm -hmm. And so... I think he might price similar speed too, honestly. Let's it, see let's see if he can block like Corey Davis though. That's true. I mean, obviously it, right now in terms of production on the field, Corey Davis has done more, but he's also had more opportunity. Sure. But I think I'm excited to see Josh Reynolds very team friendly deal. Like, yeah. What is it, eight hundred One mil- uh, one million dollar base salary and uh signing bonus of seven hundred and fifty K. So one point I mean, one point seven five million dollar cap hit in twenty twenty one. Corey Davis got what? 13 14 million a year i'd something like that yeah so yeah uh, you know it's it's been well documented here i'm not the biggest Corey davis uh advocate i don't think he was terrible but i don't think it'll be that difficult to replace his production no and i think josh reynolds had 600 yards or something last season as a you know kind of a fourth wide receiver guy i mean he's not just some slacker guy i mean he's not just some bum it's not like we were desperate and we i mean we might have been desperate but it wasn't like we were desperate. We, <laughs> it wasn't like we were desperate and reached for someone that we had no business reaching. Well, it's for. a it's it's a bigger opportunity for Josh Reynolds. I mean, Sean McVay, the head coach over in L.A. the L.A. Rams, he likes the Brandon Cooks, the Cooper Cups, the Robert Woods, those guys who are a little bit shorter, quicker, shiftier, because he likes putting them on those end rounds and letting them do those 
uh, reverses and he has a lot of quick hitting routes out of his offense. And Josh Reynolds is kind of a taller, more physical possession type receiver. And so I think he kind of uh, was squeezed out a little bit there. And that's why it didn't seem like the Rams had much interest in re-signing him. So great job. Another you know good team-friendly deal by J-Rob. Hopefully we see production well above that deal and maybe he, he re-signs with us next year. It's a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely much more comfortable going into the draft knowing we're not going to have to rely on a first or second round receiver opposite A.J. Brown because at least we got a veteran who they're comfortable with putting out there to block and uh, get the job done yeah. as a number two receiver. It's almost like it's, it's a good, uh, it could be a luxury as opposed to a complete reliance on that receiver drafted because we still definitely could go and probably receiver will. yeah we definitely could go i yeah for sure first and second round i would think we grab a receiver but we will get into some a little bit of draft stuff later uh but um i'm really excited and i i mentioned episode two that i really wanted to see a wide receiver signing and when we got josh reynolds i was satisfied for sure mm-hmm. so happy about that um, a few guys that have gone that we saw actually, you know, signed with other teams. Um, briefly, I think Adoree Jackson to the Giants had already happened by episode two. Uh, but a few other guys, Adam Humphreys to the Washington football team. Which they are putting together a pretty good offseason, yeah. in my opinion. And I, Curtis Samuel, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think I mentioned the football team as signing Curtis Samuel, something that I, you know, wanted and kind of missed out on. Jadavian Clowney to the Browns and Jameel Douglas to the Bills. Which I think you wanted to say something about Clowney. I did want to say something about Jadavian Clowney. First, that he sits down when he pees, I believe. <laughs> oh, 100%. If we're looking to just, yeah, talk down on the guy, that guy sits down when he pees, for sure. I am pissed because I was so pumped when we got Jadavian Clowney, and he has the audacity to say things in the last few days signing with the Browns that he was asked, you know, about the Browns, how many games they won. And he goes, oh, y'all won 12 games? Well, that's one That's one more than the team I played for this year. Played for loose term because Asterisk he barely played. Also, um, you know something's wrong when your most notable highlight clip of you at our home stadium is literally a video of – him talking trash to LaShawn Sims didn't I don't know if y'all seen this video it's hilarious if you haven't I would look it up he is talking trash on the sidelines to LaShawn Sims and he was number 36 and he goes who 36 who are you I don't even know you and so they showed him talking trash literally that next play LaShawn Sims picked it off in the end zone made a great play and then they take the camera back to to Jadavian Clowney on the sidelines and the look on his face, oh, it's it just makes me so happy. He <laughs> just ate it. Ate his words. LaShawn Sims got a pick. And, yeah, get out of here, Jadavian yeah, Clowney. Get the was, out of Clowney here. was trying to dog our defensive scheme, which is well-documented here that we're not the biggest fans of. But don't come and say that that's why you didn't have sacks and you couldn't stay healthy 
and that you know it's the team's fault and that you never really felt accepted here. Well, man, maybe if you had come to some off-season stuff and didn't wait until you know five days before the season started to show up in a Titans uniform, you would get to know the guys a little better. And if, if you know, if I'm a guy on the Titans, if I'm a veteran, or even if I'm a, I'm a rookie, and I've been showing up on Zoom meetings during the COVID off-season for an entire summer, and I'm learning the playbook, and I'm getting to know the guys, and you know, doing all this, that, and the other. And then some guy, some hotshot free agent comes off the street and five days before he, you know, the season starts, he just expects to be the starter, expects to be, I'm Jadavion Clowney, number one overall pick, number one overall recruit. Then you go out there and he doesn't produce. Give me a freaking break. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be friends with the guy. I wouldn't like him either. So, I don't know. A good riddance. He didn't work out for us. Um, And I hope we, I hope. He, I don't want, I don't wish him the best. I'm a little bit bitter right now. I'm yeah, not gonna lie. Exactly. I got one more diss on him. Can I, can I go? Uh huh. He uh, said he wanted to go to a team with winning culture, which I know it's changed a little bit, but the Browns are kind of the epitome of not winning culture. Yeah. AKA losing culture. So I think he. Probably the only team with worse culture in the league is the Jets. Yeah. Uh, Texans. Uh, Texans, yeah, Texans now. Right yeah, now. but I mean, like, as an organization, like, the Browns are known for yeah. being a what, th- losing He culture. probably didn't have anywhere else to go, Clowney. I mean... Well, the, here's the thing. The Browns have really tried for Jadavion Clowney for years. They they wanted him last year. Um, I think they almost got him last year. Um, but, I don't know. They should have. They hey, Browns, enjoy Jadavion Clowney's sloppy seconds. Because... Freak off, Jadavion Clowney. I'm pissed. Here's the he's really the that's the fourth team he's played for. Danico Autry, yeah, sloppy fourths. Danico Autry will have more sacks than Jadavian Clowney next year. Put it wow. on the hot Put board. On the hot board. Put it on hot the hot board. board. Danico Autry is going to be way better than Jadavian Clowney, and yeah, I don't know and why I'm so I, pent up and yeah, mad about this. We'll say this. Clowney. I'll say this. I'm really glad we don't play the Browns next year. Because I see, I could just, I could see Clowney having an extremely average season, but then going off for four sacks against us, and Denico Autry would have four and a half against <laughs> them. That would, that would also come down to Taylor Lewan blocking him. So you're saying something? That's about Taylor? true. That's true. I'm not saying anything <laughs> to Taylor. I'm just saying it'd be hey, when it comes to Jadavian Clowney, Taylor Lewan is not a fake tough guy. Let yeah. me tell you that Taylor Lewan does shut down Jadavian Clowney. I'm just saying it would be a very Titans esque situation to unfold. If uh, the guy who only played four games for us and looked like a washed-up version of himself came out and <laughs> dominated us in, like, week three, you yeah. know. Definitely. When, and then the other one, Jameel Douglas to the Bills. Robert, I know um, you had some things to say about that. He is a fut- he's a former lineman for us. I know Michael Scott does not believe in addition by subtraction, but I, I for one, do. And I think uh, case in point with Jameel Douglas. <laughs> addition by subtraction, Jameel Douglas to the Bills. <laughs> right there. That's a quote in itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so those are some guys, you know, obviously, I think when you look at it, those are three guys that we knew were going to be gone. Um, and I believe we gave tributes to – Adam Humphreys, I think mm-hmm. we did. Yeah. Um, Jadavian Clowney, cry me a river. You're not going to get a tribute. And then Jameel Douglas, addition by subtraction. There's your tribute. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... And the only then, reason I say that is because he looked like a spinning top every time. Uh, he, Calais Campbell, right? Yeah, Calais Campbell made him... Yeah, I, I won't go any further. 
I will uh, say he was he's not on the team anymore. But. He, I thought he was a good enough replay. I guess he was playing a lot before Nate Davis, his rookie year, took over. Wasn't in that right? Yeah. Well, he got replaced by a third round guard in like game four. Who's a beast? Did he not get injured? I thought he got injured. He might have. Well, we we remember remember that in. season. That season we had the worst offensive line slash sack rate. Remember Mariota? We had the worst. Yeah. Okay, but the now, most okay, sacks yeah. in the league. Okay. Now we can backtrack a little bit. Hindsight twenty twenty. Mariota was an issue. Mariota was an issue. But the exact so, same line and so, Hill like did not get sacked. You know who else was an issue? Jamil Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> Mariota was an issue. So, so we solved Jamil. We solved Jamil, and we solved Mariota, and now we got one of the best offenses in the league. So, you know, addition by addition subtraction. By subtraction. <laughs> Our new motto at PTT: uh, Maybe Roger <laughs> Saffold is infinitely better. <laughs> yes. So, uh, other pretty big news: uh, Jim Schwartz, the former defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, we hired him as a senior defensive analyst or something, um, which. I think that's awesome. Me personally, and it's no secret, this podcast, don't really like what we're doing defensively, at least last year, who could have liked what we were doing. Promoting Shane, promoting Shane Bowen to defensive coordinator, hiring from within, made me a little peeved. I'll just put it at that. I'm more pissed about Jadavian Clowney, but <laughs> right now. Shane Bowen, go, yeah, right now. <laughs> but back Shane Bowen being promoted, I was very mad. So... Yeah, what do y'all think about the Jim Schwartz? Yeah, I think um, with Jim Schwartz, I think we're all thrilled. I think it shows that we're reaching out to say Shane Bone might not uh, be perfect for the job here, which, I mean, we're all excited to have Jim Schwartz. I think there was some talk where it's like behind the curtain, why why is Jim Schwartz having to come in here and not just go ahead and be the D.C.? Yeah, why didn't we hire him in the first place? Yeah. Which he did retire, technically, so um, the there's defense. just some things behind the curtains that are getting a little worrisome on the defense. Yeah, you know, Jim Schwartz getting on as a senior assistant, which is, I mean, great. I'm, I'm, we're a fan. Shane Bowen being promoted, issue. Still. I see what you're saying. And then hearing this is, this, I don't know if we talked about this at all, but uh, Dean Pease retired in 2019, and basically when we were really bad last year, the rumor is that Rabel reached out to him and was like, hey. Would you want to come out of retirement and come come coach again? Because we need help. And he said no. He wouldn't do it. And then come to find out when Arthur Smith goes to the Falcons as head coach, he gives Dean Pease one call. No, actually. Oh, you're right. You're Dean right. Pease. Dean Pease calls Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith said, in "I want to coach." Lawan's podcast. That yes. About that. Yeah. So I think behind the curtain, there seems like there could be maybe an issue. And the thing he said supposedly too. Dean P said, "Retirement's not for me." Well, why not? Last why, season, why wasn't it last retirement year? <laughs> seemed to be for you. I guess with Brable, it seems to be for so you. So right now, no time to hit the panic button. I do think it is something to keep an eye on. Good point. And yeah, we got to see how it plays out. And Brable could be running his ship a lot like Belichick, and it's um, yeah, it could be. I mean, it well, could be it great. worked could out. Not be, it worked um, out with Tom Brady, but Belichick is it without. without Tom Brady. Who knows? Um, yeah, I'm just not not trying to add another hot. Yeah, no. thing. I'm just saying. I mean, so, my, Jim Schwartz, I think it's a it's a little bit confusing, and it doesn't help us as fans when Vrabel he literally doesn't say anything. 
It's so annoying. You, it's you, so you frustrating. See the, you see the press conferences, and you, you know, Paul Krajewski asks him the question, and he's like, you know, what's what's Jim's role going to be? And his answer is, well, you know, I, I think his role is just like everybody else to help the team win. And it's like, <laughs> all right, how's he going to help the team win? What's well, role, you know, Robert? he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna do the little things that we need to do to field a competitive football team and help us get better each and every week. And it's like. That's Man. my role too. Imagine having press conferences after our recordings of the podcast. <laughs> what's what's Robert's role going to be here? Well, I, I believe it's just like everyone else's in this podcast. It's to talk. Oh, <laughs> obvious, obviously. Thanks, Mike. So it's definitely. I mean, it's intentional. Variables a pro at it. He learned under Belichick, who's the best at it. Um, on a, on a, Somehow, Rabel manages to say probably three times the amount of words as Belichick does, but say <laughs> just as little. So uh, he's he's a pro in coach speak, that's for sure. Definitely. So I, I think, yeah, I, what Pettit was saying was a good point, that it's like a weird feeling of we love that he's hired and on the staff now, but it's a little concerning of why we had to do it. And it's almost like, we, I mean, well, we but I think we knew over the concern if we just hired him in the first place. It it does show. I mean, we made clearly we cut both our number one and our number two corner, and we brought in some guys on the defensive side of the ball, and we let Clowney. We parted ways with Vic Beasley. I mean, we clearly the front office realized and acknowledged that the defense was a problem. Which you know, it doesn't take a football genius to to realize you that still, you still love to hear that they recognized it yeah and did yeah. something about so it I, so i think you know maybe schwartz comes in he's a former defensive coordinator former head coach former defense coordinator for us here in in nashville so you know maybe maybe i just hope he is the kind of guy and i don't know him clearly i don't know the guy but i hope he's the kind of guy that doesn't you know step on shane bowen's toes or Look, step on tr- mike Vrabel's toes yeah, Shane well, who knows? A puppet. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> and Mike Vrabel's not going to tell us. I think obviously. one other little thing I'd like to speculate on is I read something that was like also maybe a little concerning that you know Vrabel's a hire within guy, so mm-hmm. he decides to hire a guy he's basically never met, in in Jim Schwartz, but also he didn't or, or that we know of he didn't reach out to Matt Patricia. Who is you know the Lions' old coach, who was Mike Frabel's coach when he played at the Patriots? Did Matt Patricia go back to the Patriots this year? Yeah, I'm not sure actually. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I don't so. think he has a job. But yeah. the okay. point is, it's like you know Matt Patricia is a great DC, and Vrabel clearly has a relationship, whether good or bad. Hopefully, good because Matt Patricia was his linebacker coach. Like they yeah. should have had a pretty good relationship, and to not reach out to him. I could talk about that for a while. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of different relationship dynamics that are going on behind the scenes that we don't know. Uh, JG Matt Patricia is actually returning to the Patriots as an assistant. Gotcha. So, um, back. I, w- uh, I would. Yeah. I, I. That's honestly. I kind of. I don't even know if I saw that anywhere. It was just kind of a, a guess. But yeah, we we definitely. I remember when Matt Patricia was fry was fired. Right away, all three of us were all like, "Hey." Defensive hey, coordinator, we, and tight. We right? Defensive Obviously, coordinator. Right. this is Perfect. too obvious. So, yeah. Well, they must. I mean, they must believe in Shane Bowen, or perhaps Vrabel is really the one calling the plays. It's just, I know. I just hope it's more clear to the guys in the locker room 
and the operation than it is to us because it is a muddled mess, and yep. w- it, which is fine if you want it to be a muddled mess to the fans, but when you produce you know, the worst third-down defense in the history of the NFL, that's not an hyperbole or an exaggeration. There, that is a statistic. You know, you're going to get a lot of people to question you. So we're all coming here you know, and, and talking about the results because the water is a little bit muddy, and then we see some really poor results on the field. So that's yeah. where – you know, we kind of come with all this. Yeah, and I think just real quick to wrap this up, back to your point about getting rid of the, you know our top two corners, and so you're going to hear a lot in the off season uh, that the decision was the reason the defense was bad last year was the personnel, not the coaches, and not the coaching of the defense. So with that, I mean, we're not going to figure out until the season. So we'll we'll have to see this season if it really was the players and not having the production that we thought we were going to have from them, or if it is the coaches. And let's just say, I hope it's the players. Because if it is the coaches and there's a problem there, I don't know if any other players are going to make a difference unless you know it's that game-changing player, and we'll have to see. But another thing that has happened since we last met, I've been doing insane amount of draft draft prep and looking at mock drafts and i'm telling you he's our draft our, our resident is, he's draft going guru. a little crazy <laughs> I, think I don't think he works at all i think that okay well if you're listening rob james other people with py i work i promise i promise very I very hard <laughs> just not at work <laughs> yeah, so um yeah but uh mock drafts i mean it's cra- it is crazy how many people come up with a mock draft it's ridiculous. And I I mean, you got names like Daniel Jeremiah, Mel Kuyper, Tom McShay, Peter Schrager. And then I get a random notification on my phone of this random dude that makes a mock draft. I'm like, wait, who is this guy? How am I going to, is this going to be accurate? I have no idea. So with the draft as well, we're not going to be, we're not going to make this like a draft podcast where we're analyzing certain players and certain prospects and going to tell you if they're going to be like insane because their wingspan is huge and stuff. We're definitely going to like certain we're players. We're definitely for not a, a wingspan pod. Not a wingspan pod, but we're going to like certain guys for certain things. After we draft players, we will break down the players that we get. Um, but we're not going to come here and say like, oh, this dude's going to be a beast in the NFL because he has insanely large hands and would be great at catching the football. We're not necessarily going to be doing that. Mainly because that takes so much time, and those guys are so are wrong so often. So often. Which I believe you had a stat on. Yeah, I think Daniel Jeremiah in his last, his very last mock draft last year out of the 32 picks. A, a very re- well-respected. Yeah, Daniel. Jer- so Daniel Jeremiah is the NFL Network. He's the go-to for the draft at NFL Network. And he actually is a former scout in the NFL. So he definitely knows how to evaluate players. He is the kind of guy that's going to tell you why a player is going to be good, not us. So Another guy that I like real quick, Chris Sims, gets a lot of heat because he has some, some kind of off-the-chain uh, takes. He, and I, yeah. you know, I'm not some, I've, I've kind of had some reactions to some Chris Sims predictions. But going back and looking at his record predicting QBs over the last few years – you know, he was the only one to say Patrick Mahomes was the number one quarterback in that class. He had Josh Allen and then Lamar Jackson one and two in that rookie class over Josh Rosen. 
and some of those other guys. And so he's got a good track record in, in recent memory of predicting the good QBs. So he has recently said he thinks Zach Wilson better than Trevor Lawrence. Interesting we take. We'll have to see. But the the news this week with Trevor Lawrence was he had a quote that said, "Oh, I don't, I don't need you know, I don't need to be motivated for football. Foot, football doesn't necessarily motivate me." Something like that, taken out of context. Context, sorry. Uh, and immediately said, "As oh, this guy doesn't love football. He's not someone you want on your team." Blah blah. Okay, he's going to be the first pick. Not even a question. Yeah. You want to go back to finishing that set on Dar- Dar- yes. Jeremiah? Yes. Sorry. Thank you for redirecting Gotta me. Keep you, keep you on. Yeah. Keep you tame over here. <laughs> I never ramble ever. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I'm pretty sure he got seven of the 32 right, maybe six. One of the picks that he got right, Isaiah Wilson to the Tennessee Titans. And let's just say I wish he was wrong as well, because <laughs> that clearly did not work out. But yeah, the point is, yeah. So yeah, the point is, Daniel Jeremiah is a, a good one. A good, a good one to kind of you know trust that he's probably making the right calls, and it it's a big, a- it's a big draft for us. It really is. I mean, we got to hit on a first round pick this year. I really believe that. I mean, I mean, we haven't in so long. We've Jeffrey Simmons could be a hit, but like if you look at Rashawn Evans, still too. Yeah, but I think Rashawn Evans doubts. is quickly trending towards bust potential. Um, you know, if you look at J. Rob's drafts from two rounds two to seven he's one of the better gms in the nfl he looks at production uh they have certain measurables that they look for at each position and they kind of stick to it and they trust their guys they have their process and it works but for whatever reason that first round he really really struggles we have yet to i think this is correct we have yet to sign a first round pick picked by john robinson to a second contract is that correct Fact check me on that. We let both Corey and Adore go. Have we, I mean, picked up any of their... We did not re-sign Conklin. Have we even picked up any of their fifth-year options? Yeah, we picked but, up Corey's. Picked up Adore's. Yeah, oh, we, did, up, yeah, we, we but, didn't pick up Corey's. We picked, we picked up, up Adore's, but then we released him before yeah. utilizing it, so... I think... Uh, Jack Conklin, we didn't pick that up. Did we did we? not pick up Jack Conklin, which is one of the reasons so we haven't left. even gotten up to the fifth-year option. Well, we picked up Adore's and then cut him. Uh, did we? Who was who was 2018? That was Rashawn Evans. Okay, we pick his up. We don't know yet. I don't think they've decided that. Okay, yet. so we'll see if they pick up Rashawn Evans. But it, yeah, it's time that we hit on a first round draft pick. If you're in, you know, and you got to make up for last year. Yeah, I'm, the thing is, we can we, we've talked about like not picking up options, not signing guys. But last year was the worst one, and we have to be better. Speaking of, I don't know if we've. The last episode we gave the update on Isaiah Wilson. I don't know if that was three or two. Or there seems to be another half, so. negative social media. Yeah, so update. Isaiah Wilson, we'll we'll be brief on it. But he got traded to the Dolphins, and then apparently did not show up to any of his voluntary workouts. I think we did. And was super on that. late to the meetings. Yeah. We might have. We'll briefly go over it again. Yeah, didn't show up. And so we got a seventh round pick for him from the Dolphins. But we gave up a seventh round pick for next year. For next year, yes. And essentially, we just got him off the team. And, and now he he's been getting up. in Twitter battles with and random people. The oh, Dolphins dude. cut him within four days, I think. You know what's hilarious, too, is people were saying at that point the Dolphins were still the number third pick. And they're like, oh, they just got Isaiah Wilson. He'll be the tackle. They're out of the Pinay Sewell talk. Because that was back when they thought everyone thought people. The Dolphins were going to take the best tackle in the draft, quote unquote, 
Pinay Sewell, and it's just hilarious. The, the, the Isaiah Wilson, yeah, please get help. I hate that you don't love football anymore, but just hate to see it. Because I think he could have had a promising career. Within one year, he, not even less than a year, became first-round draft pick to not in the league anymore. Here's a scenario that I'm going to propose to you guys. What if we trade out of the first round and pick up a second and third round pick this year? Would you oh. be in favor of that or against it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, selfishly, watching the first night, no, because I would hate to That's watch. A good point. Yeah. I would hate to watch right. all 32 of those picks and it not being one of the Titans. But, I mean, you're getting, you would end up having two second rounders and three third rounders for sure i would definitely do that and you know what maybe maybe that's the move that john robinson needs to make because he can't hit on first round picks yeah you just uh you say let's go and hit on the picks that we know we're good at getting if we're getting a if we're getting a second if we're getting two second round guys that i mean aj brown and derrick henry are both second round guys so is kevin those guys in the same draft Oh, yeah, Kevin Dodd, I guess that's true. He didn't work out. But Harold Landry was second round as well. So Christian Fulton, second round. We're still seeing if that's going to work out. Which I, I've I've cooled a little bit on my criticism of, of our cornerback room. I think it sounds like Christian Fulton might be ready to go as the uh, number two corner across from Janoris Jenkins. And so um, maybe we don't have to go corner number one. So I think uh, my my thoughts going into the draft are – Go get the best player available. Yeah. If it's, you know, maybe someone who you already have talent at that position, that's okay. First round, go get the best player available. We, uh, we've we been drafting for need, and I think it's time to go and just get the best guy, you know, in the pool of players in the first round. Well, so with that, um, we are going to uh, – well, actually, let's say – Let's. We're not going to give a name for first round yet. We'll do that later. But to wrap this up, I want to get from you guys how you how are you feeling since the last time we met? How are you feeling since last episode? And we'll start with Pettit. It's a great question. Um, I think I would have to say and I mean speak to like going into the draft as well since the last time we met and going into the draft. Um. So from last time we met, it's hard. I'm always optimistic. I'm trying to be realistic and optimistic here <laughs> between the two of them. And um, I'm optimistic again. I'm still optimistic. I think Josh Reynolds is honestly somebody I'm excited about. And then Jim Schwartz, I think it shows that they realize Jane, Shane Bellum isn't, needs help, essentially. He needs, he needs help. help. Yeah. To put it politely. Yeah. <laughs> to put it <laughs> nicely. Um, so I'm optimistic to see that those two moves. And then another thing that I don't think we mentioned. But Bud Dupree, I'm hype. I read something about him saying he is his biggest concern right now is being outworked by other people, and he's as a torn ACL. Get that and man. He's, gonna, he's already back to running, isn't he? I mean, he's he, he seems to be ahead of schedule. He is says he's working harder than ever. He said he's fine tuning muscles right now, which I don't whatever that fully means. know what that means for my <laughs> body. But <laughs> comparing that to my body, I'm like. Fine tuning, <laughs> fine tuning my muscles. Get biceps <laughs> that are maybe not there. <laughs> so I'm excited. I know he's sounds like a guy that is going to make an impact and wants to be a leader on the defense. And he even said he's like he was actually he 
in the in the thing I read and listened to, he is one of the most positive people, and he's just like the Titans have been knocking on the door for a championship, and basically I've recognized it, and I think I can be that piece because I think they're already great. He didn't even say that they were a bad defense. He's like. They're just missing a few pieces. I'm about and to run like, through I, a wall. Bud <laughs> Dupree's making me run through a wall. He's like, I can be that piece to help help this team win. And he's so excited to be out there and try his best and work hard. So super pumped about that. And that's what making me optimistic. Going into the draft, I think I think I trust J Rob again. I always do. Brable's the one that I'm a little bit more questionable about on his moves. J Rob, I trust him. Thanks. I have to, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take back that statement. I trust him a lot, but not fully. <laughs> so Pettit does not have blind faith, is what we're hearing. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 happy with some of the moves we've made. It looks increasingly like we are preparing to have a really big off season next year in the free agency uh, spending, which I'm fine with. It makes a lot of sense from a caps perspective. And uh, you know maybe there weren't some of those those big names that you may you weren't comfortable with some of the big names who are out there and there's going to be a lot of a lot of big names who um, come off their franchise tags for next year so um, I'm fine with sort of the more quieter off season other than you know your Bud Dupree as your big splash signing everybody else was a smart yeah. team friendly uh, cost effective deal and I don't think I think. I think it's safe to say – I don't think it's it's fair to say we got better in the offseason. If Bud Dupree comes out and he's the monster that uh, he certainly can be, then I would say we got better. But we don't know that because he tore his ACL. So I'm comfortable saying we are the same team that we were that won the AFC South in 2020. Or, yeah, in 2020. Um, depending on how this draft goes, we could be – I could be very comfortable saying we're a better team mm-hmm. in the summer. Um so I would say, you know, I'm not overly optimistic. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm very measured at the moment in terms of my expectations. I want. I'm very excited for the draft just because it's a really fun event, I, and we got some really fun things planned for this podcast in terms of uh, some of the content that we're going to re- release on draft night and then the week after the draft that you guys should look forward to. Um, it'll be a lot of fun, and uh, we'll have some smaller podcasts that you can kind of dive into uh, picks. Uh, by the teams in our division, and then, of course, the Titans pick, and then sort of a review of the the different rounds, at least definitely the first round. So um, there should be one more podcast coming out before then, but uh, definitely be on the lookout for that around draft time. So a really fun year or time of year as an NFL fan is the NFL draft, and so um, really excited to uh, to see what we do in two weeks. Yeah, I just to piggyback on off of both of those, I'm feeling a lot better than I did since episode two. I'm really glad with the Josh Reynolds signing. I was vocal about wanting a receiver to sign. Um, so I don't, we didn't get another corner like I thought we maybe would, but we can address that in the draft. I've always been the kind of guy that in J-Rob we trust, and last year kind of hurt that a little bit with Isaiah Wilson, the misses on Vic Beasley, Jadavian Clowney, picking up Adoree's fifth-year option and then ended up ending up cutting him. So there definitely are some things you got to be a little worried about. But overall, I think we're going to get on the right track, and I still believe in this team and the coaching staff, Jim Schwartz, big time. So really excited for the draft to see where we go. 
and I think it's going to be great. And with that, that is the third episode. Maybe, well, actually, three and a half. Three and a half. So we appreciate you listening. I'm JG. I'm Pettit. And I'm Rob. And we thank y'all. See ya. It's rolling around a bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison.